الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى والصلاه والسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى اما بعد فاعوذ بالله من الشيطان الرجيم بسم الله الرحمن الرحيم يا ايها الذين امنوا كتب عليكم الصيام كما كتب على الذين من قبلكم لعلكم تتقون وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم من لم يدع قول الزور والعمل به فليس لله حاجه ان يدع طعامه وشرابه او كما قال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم وسبحان الله ما يكرم brothers and elders Allah Ta'ala's great blessing and bounty upon us Allah Ta'ala has blessed us with this Mubarak month of Ramadan and given us this opportunity to establish and build and strengthen the relationship with Allah Ta'ala this is what the object of Ramadan is the acquisition of taqwa and taqwa taqwa is to develop this bond and relationship with Allah Ta'ala when a person has a relationship with his parents for example very warm and strong relationship with the parents then he goes out of his way to serve the parents and the bottom line of it all is that he wants to please his parents wants to have them happy all the time person has a very strong bond is a very strong bond between spouses and the husband goes out of his way to make his wife happy the wife goes out of her way to make the husband happy that's the bottom line that the spouse must be happy then sometimes the person says that cost is not a factor but my parents must be happy and no effort is really an issue but so and so must be happy so just as when we there is a strong relationship with somebody then this becomes the bottom line and we understand that bottom line and in order to acquire that pleasure and happiness people undertake great effort great sacrifices go out of their way to please whoever they want to or they have that relationship with person is giving a present so the gift is actually that item inside but that item inside is then wrapped and then on top of that wrapping also there's something some ribbon also and on top of that ribbon there's a rose as well now all that will be taken and thrown away that's not part of what is the objective the objective is the gift inside but all this extra wrapping and whatever else is just to make it more presentable because this might become a source of greater pleasure so the bottom line becomes pleasing the beloved so who can be more beloved than allah taala and who should be more beloved than allah taala Allah Ta'ala is our creator, our sustainer, our nourisher. Allah Ta'ala has countless and innumerable favors upon us at every moment. So Allah Ta'ala is our most beloved. And therefore, this month of Ramadan comes to develop that fervor of taqwa in us, where we are all the time concerned about how to please Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala must be pleased. Then it's not a dry relationship, like it's an employer-employee relationship sometimes, that I look at the time and start my work, and before time i'm waiting to move and the bare minimum and then i want my full pay on top of it in a relationship a person wants to give and he doesn't worry about what he gets so likewise when there's a true relationship with allah taala then a person wants to give his maximum 
He's not just trying to do the bare minimum and feel that I've done a great service and favor to Allah Ta'ala. Besides performing his five daily salah, he goes out of his way to do more. The five daily salah, there's no question about missing it. That is something which Allah Ta'ala has ordained upon him. He is now performing some nafil also. He's making tilawat of the Quran Sharif. He's making some zikr, tasbihat. He's talking to the beloved in the form of dua. Repeatedly turning to Allah Ta'ala and begging of him. Now when a person has this relationship with someone, then he talks for hours. When a person is unacquainted, he starts talking for... First he starts off with the weather, and then after that both are stuck for words. Because they're not acquainted with one another. And when this this association develops, this bond develops, there is this love and muhabbat that has been created. Now the person talks for hours, and he doesn't know what happened to the time, how the time went past. So likewise, when this bond has been developed with Allah Ta'ala, then a person won't be looking at what is my basic bare duties, and unfortunately even that then is corners are cut. He is looking at how to please the beloved. So now he sacrifices for the beloved. He sacrifices his time, he sacrifices his wealth to spend in the cause of deen. He sacrifices his energies to make an effort in the path of Allah Ta'ala. And all the efforts that he can make, whatever he can do to serve the deen of Allah Ta'ala. So this is a relationship. And this month of Ramadan has come to give us this lesson of developing this relationship. For Allah Ta'ala, the person is keeping hungry. For Allah Ta'ala, is keeping thirsty. For Allah Ta'ala, is standing late at night in Taraweeh Salah. Now this is all developing this bond with the beloved. So this Mubarak month of Ramadan has come to give us this lesson. It's not just a ritual, just some routine that it comes and goes. When the Mubarak month of Ramadan passes, then a person is supposed to be at a high in terms of this bond and relationship with Allah Ta'ala. Then there should be that high in terms of, terms of his eagerness to fulfill the commands of Allah Ta'ala. He is driven from within to perform his salah. He is not have to be dragged from outside. One is, there's a tow truck. The tow truck is towing a car along. That to happen sometimes. To a point you need to take it from one point to the next sometimes and it breaks down. And that too helps. That too gets it to the next point. But how long are you going to keep towing it along? It needs to run on its own steam. And the steam that runs in sun in the right direction is muhabbat. The love of Allah Ta'ala. And the love of Allah Ta'ala has been developed. The steam of the love of Allah Ta'ala drives him from within. Then he doesn't have to be dragged from outside. Then he comes from himself. He drives others along. This is the muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. And this is what this month of Ramadan has come to give us this muhabbat of Allah Ta'ala. Nevertheless, just taking on from this, that the innumerable advices of deen, on this occasion just to discuss some very, very great advice of a personality who the Qur'an Sharif testified to his wisdom. Hazrat Luqman Ali Salatu Wasalam, he wasn't a Nabi of Allah Ta'ala, but he was somebody who was a very pious personality. And Allah Ta'ala speaks about the wisdom Allah Ta'ala blessed him with. وَلَقَدْ آتَيْنَا لُقْمَانَ الْحِكْمَةِ أَنِشْكُرْ لِلَّهِ Allah Ta'ala says we bless Luqman with wisdom. Now when the Qur'an Sharif testifies to somebody's wisdom, Allah Ta'ala blessed him with wisdom. So we can imagine what wisdom will be in everything he says. So Luqman Salatu Salam, the advices that he gave his son, numerous advices over time. 
Many of these are well known. Some of these advices are in the Quran Sharif. Allah Ta'ala has described these advices or mentioned these advices in the Quran Sharif in the same ruku. Anishkun lillah, then Faizqala Luqban Utlib, Ya Bunayala Tushrik Billah, Inna Shirkala Wulmun Adim, various advices in the Quran Sharif. Apart from that, many other advices have been recorded. Once Luqman said to his son, that over time I have given you 4,000 advices. Now this is also a very deep lesson. That sometimes our advice to our children is just in the form of some reprimand. Just when the child does something wrong, then there's some reprimand. Whereas advice is a proactive thing. So all the time, nasiha, with love, with compassion, in a nurturing way, in a way that is endearing. In the Quran Sharif also, when Allah Ta'ala mentions the advice of Luqman Allah Ta'ala even mentions how he said it. Ya Bunayya, O oh my beloved son, La Tushrik Billah, Ya Bunayya, Innaha, Ya Bunayya, repeatedly, O oh my beloved son, do this, do that, watch out for this, beware of that. So, Luqman gave all these advices to his son. So he told him that I have given you over time 4,000 advices. And today out of those 4,000, I am selecting four. Now a person whose wisdom the Quran Sharif speaks about. And over time he gave 4,000 advices, everything will be filled with wisdom. And now when he's selecting four, he's selecting the cream of the crop. So can we imagine what wisdom will be filled in these four? And how important these aspects would be for a person's life. So then he went on to give the four advices. The first thing he said to him, that إِذَا كُنْتَ فِي مَجَالِسِ النَّاسِ فَحْفَظْ لِسَانَكَ That when you are in the gatherings of people, then look after your tongue. Now imagine 4,000 advices. Out of those 4,000, he's selecting four, the cream of the crop. And out of those four very selected advices, the top of the list, number one, so this is number one out of four thousand. Number one out of the list, he says, when you are among people, look after your tongue, control your tongue. Now this is something that is taken casually, look after the tongue. The tongue is such a thing that just never tires. Person can talk from morning till evening. And then some people after they go to sleep, they're still talking, they sleep talking. The tongue just never tires. And a person can keep talking and talking. The hands get tired. The eyes, a person is reading something. After a while, his eyes start drooping. He walks one kilometer, two. Now his feet are tired. Person thinks so many things. His mouth gets, his, his mind gets tired. But somehow the tongue doesn't tire. And while the tongue on the one hand doesn't tire, on the other side, this is such a crucial thing. That he can either make a person's akhirat, he can make his dunya or break it also. It can make his dunya, it can make his akhirat, it can break it also. A person sometimes says something, in the Hadith Sharif, Nabi Salaam says, that a person sometimes utters something. And it was something good that he said. It was a kalimatul khair. It was something that was some good advice, some encouragement to somebody. But he never gave any due thought to it, or you never gave it much thought, regarded it as something very great that I said, لا يلقي لها بالا He didn't give any attention to it. 
Well, I said something, I encouraged somebody, so what? No big deal. But the effects of that, the good that came out of it, is sometimes so much that Yarfa'ullahu biha darajat. That that little advice he gave, that encouragement he gave somebody, that became the means of his stages getting raised tremendously in the akhirah. And the barakat of that comes in dunya also. And sometimes he utters something, just blurts something out. Doesn't think what he's saying. And he feels well what I said. And he just walks away, carries on. But that has sometimes such deep consequences, negative consequences. Nabi Islam says, Yahweh biha fi jahannam. As a result of which he falls into the depth of jahannam. And he said something, just blurted it out. And now that created a fight, for example, between spouses. Uh, he was supposed to have said something that will mend. Uh, he said something that created the opposite. Now that fight started and then it escalated. And maybe after one month it came to a breaking point. Now that he caused it, that marriage to break. And then one went one direction, the other went the other direction. And each one made tons of ghibat of the other. And then the poor children got thrown around. And then somebody got caught up in some vices. Where it all started from, this person doesn't even realize what he said. But that one wrong statement where he incited somebody. And that incitement escalated. And that came, sometimes this is how it finishes off. And now all this great amount of wrong that happened and whatever else, all this started off from this one statement, the statement took him to Jahannam. So sometimes a person has a golden opportunity to earn much with his words but at the same time he has to be very very careful the Quran Sharif Allah say to my servants to say that which is good which is the best thing to say and man kana yu'minu billahi wal yawmil akhir fal yakul khayran awl yasmud that if a person has something good to say then he must say good otherwise rather keep silent says Speech is silver sometimes, silence is golden. Speech is also very valuable, provided it is the right thing that he said. Provided he is having, it's in accordance with the command of Allah Ta'ala. And this tongue, Allah Ta'ala has given us this tongue, there are so many great things to do with this tongue, to recite the kalam of Allah Ta'ala. The name of Allah Ta'ala is taken with the same tongue. There is so much of good advice to give to people. So this tongue should never ever be soiled with any filth should never ever be soiled with all kinds of flowery languages for nothing a mu'min's tongue that tongue which recites the kalam of Allah Ta'ala that tongue which takes the name of Allah one poet he says that Allah Ta'ala's name is very very great even to take the name of Nabi Wasallam. he says if I wash my tongue a hundred times with musk and amber then too I don't think it's worthy enough to take the name of Nabi Wasallam. Allah Ta'ala's grace that He allows me to take it. So this tongue needs to be looked after. And this tongue can earn great rewards for a person. But Allah forbid it's misused, it can take him the other direction also. So this was the first advice He gave him. When you're in the gatherings of people, and why the gatherings of people? Just somehow when a person is among people, now the tongue the brake linings and the brake fluid and everything just fails, just dies up. And just somehow it's just free flow. 
So now, fine, the person is going to talk to his friends, he's going to talk to his family, he should talk to his family. Unfortunately, sometimes, the person talks so much outside the house, and to all kinds of people, and to people who he shouldn't be talking to also. Yes, ma'am, and how are you, ma'am, and how was your weekend, and he's supposed to be selling an item, he's talking about how she spent her weekend. And then when he comes home, he's got no words left for his wife. And then the only thing, he's been smiling so much that all the wrong people, when he comes home, the only thing he's got left is frowns. Whereas all the f- smiles should be left for indoors. And the sweet words should be left for indoors. The endearing words are for inside. So in any case, this was the first thing that he mentioned, that when you are in the gatherings of people, beware of your tongue, control your tongue. Then the second thing he said, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي بُيُوتِ النَّاسِ فَحْفَزْ بَصَرَكَ When you are in the homes of people, look after your gaze. Now why the homes of people? Because in the time that he was giving this advice, there was no chance that a person could probably cast any haram glance outside. Because if any woman emerged, then she would emerge covered completely. Out of necessity she emerged, then there was no way somebody was going to see who's this. But a person went to visit someone in his house, those house little two by two houses, everything is in that one room. So now there was a chance that there could be some compromising of parda by mistake. So therefore now be very guarded about your gaze. Because look after the gaze. The gaze is a direct road to the heart. And that is why in the Quran Sharif Allah says, قُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنِينَ يَغُبُّوا مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَذُوا فُرُوجَهُمْ Say to the believing men to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity. Because both are linked. The gaze will be protected, the chastity will be protected. The gaze will be let loose, the chastity will be in danger. And then separately Allah Ta'ala addresses the females. وَقُلْ لِلْمُؤْمِنَاتِ يَغْضُدُنَ مِنْ أَبْصَارِهِمْ وَيَحْفَذُنَ فُرُوجَهُنْ Say to the believing woman to lower their gazes and to protect their chastity. Because the gaze, when the gaze gets out of control, then the heart will be out of control. And the heart is king. When the king is out of control, then all the subjects, the hands, the ears, the tongue and the feet and everything will be out of control. Everything will be corrupted. And then a person will get from one fitna to the other. In that zamana, Hazrat Tukmaya said, when you are in the houses of people, in this zamana and time and era, this is anywhere and everywhere. When a person is in privacy also, because everything now is coming to his palm. And the worst kind of filth is at the press of a button. So now this is the test of the time. And a person passes this test, then this is a shortcut to Wilayat. Because everything else will fall into place very easily. So this is a very very crucial thing. One quote, he gives it in, summarizes it in just one line, that how this all this happens. And he says, Nazratun, Fattisabun, Fasalamun, Fakalamun, Fama'idun, Falikaun. See, this is how it starts from and it finishes off. That first there's a haram glance cast, there's a wrong glance. Person has cast a lustful glance at someone, or looked at some woman. So now, after this eyes have met, then he says, Nazratun Fattisamun. So now Shaitan will bring about a smile. That smile inside the home, to his halal wife, then he could frown only. But now when he shouldn't be looking also, he's smiling. Now when he smiles, then after that, Fattisamun Fasalamun. Now he remembers that you see Salam, there's so much of virtues for Salam. 
Now all the places where he should be making salam, he forgot about the virtues. He passed all his Muslim brothers, he didn't make salam. Now suddenly he remembered no Muslim sister will make salam. Whereas that is not the place to make salam. So now he makes salam. After salam, some conversation, and after the conversation, there's an appointment and there's a meeting. All in one line. Started off from the gaze and finished off in the worst haram. So this is why Allah has placed the guard on the gaze already. Allah Ta'ala has segregated the genders. Allah Ta'ala is addressing the Azwaj Mutaharat, the wives of Nabi Sallallahu And then further Allah Ta'ala says, وَإِذَا سَأَلْتُمُهُنَّ Then the Sahaba are being addressed. And if you have to ask the wives of Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, the mothers of the Ummad, you have to ask them anything of necessity, فَاسْأَلُوهُنَّ مِنْ وَرَاءِ حِجَاب Then do so from behind this curtain, behind the veil. ذَلِكُمْ أَظْهَرُ لِقُلُوبِكُمْ وَقُلُوبِهِنْ That is purer for your hearts and their hearts. The purest people that the earth has seen after the Anbiya Alayhi Wasallam. Nobody can even dream coming closer to their purity, close to their purity. Allah is setting them as a precedent. That look, I am addressing them also. So that nobody who comes in the 20th century can say, no, this doesn't apply to me. I'm purer. And Nabi Islam says that Anazru Sahmum min Sihami Iblisa Masmum. That this haram glance is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. Poisonous arrow. When this glance, when this arrow hits the heart, then this poison just permeates the body. The person sometimes loses his mind. And sometimes everybody is trying to explain to him, but now how you fell for this now? He says, Don't worry about it now, I know where I'm going. Oh, I can't do anything about it too. He just loses himself. He loses his intelligence. He loses his sanity. He loses then his respect and honor. And then he ends up losing his family. He ends up losing everything. He started off with a gaze. So Nabi Salaam says that this gaze, Allah Ta'ala says, Hadith Qudsi, that this gaze, haram glance, is a poisonous arrow of shaitan. And then Allah Ta'ala says, Man tarakaha makhafati. The Hadith Qudsi, Nabi Salaam is quoting. Allah Ta'ala says, the one who restrains himself and refrains from this haram glance out of my fear, out of the fear of Allah Ta'ala. Then what Allah Ta'ala gives in return? Abdaltu biha imanan yajidu halawatahu fi qalbi. Oh, kama qal, that I then give him in return the sweetness of iman, which he will experience within himself. I will bless him with the sweetness of Iman. One is the meaning of sweetness of Iman, the Muhaddisin explained, is I will give him the sweetness of Ibadat. When he starts reciting Quran Sharif, he won't want to stop. When he says Allahu Akbar, like the Sahabi, that arrow is hitting him and blood is pouring, but he doesn't want to break his salah. He will be getting the joy out of the zikr of Allah Ta'ala. He'll get pleasure out of talking to Allah Ta'ala in dua. This will be his ecstasy. So one is this meaning. But many other muhaddisin explain that that is in his place. When a person has given up haram pleasure, Allah Ta'ala blesses him with pure halal pleasure. In his ibadat and everything. Together with that, this is a physical experience. That like a person eats something sweet, and he feels that sweetness within himself. The sweetness of Iman is also a physical experience. He feels that sweetness within him. 
Now he crushed that haram desire for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala blesses his heart with the sweetness of Iman. So this is the second thing Luqman advised his son that look after your gaze. Then the third thing he said to him that وَإِذَا كُنْتَ عَلَى الْمَاءِدَى فَحْفَزْ بَطْنَكَ When you are at the Dastarkhan, when you are sitting to eat, look after your stomach. Because as they say, you are what you eat. What kind of consumption that is what makes a person. And this is very true. The Quran Sharif Allah Ta'ala says to the Anbiya Ali Musalat Wasalam, Allah Ta'ala addresses the messengers. Ya ayyuhar rusul, kulu minat tayyibati wa amalu saliha. Eat of the pure things and do righteous actions. Mufassirin explained there's a link. When a person eats what's pure, halal and tayyib, then that food eventually gets converted into blood. That blood nourishes the whole body. That blood nourishes the heart. Now this is halal and pure food, pure income, pure consumption. So now this transforms into blood. Blood itself, whatever it is, but it has come from a pure source. So now that is nourishing the heart, that brings in purity into the heart. Because it's carrying that purity along. Though the blood itself is not this. It's carrying this nur along. Well, it comes from Allah Ta'ala's side directly. Now when the heart is filled with this nur, then these pure thoughts come. These pure inclinations come. The good feelings come. Then a person is inclined towards salah, inclined towards still out of the Quran Sharif, inclined towards making an effort for deen, inclined towards sacrificing for Allah Ta'ala. And if the income is tainted, the food is not correct, then now this is what nourishes. Now that's nourishing the heart. All kinds of evil thoughts come in the heart. And the evil thoughts then lead to evil actions. So what a person eats is very important. One is obviously eating only what is halal, what is tayyib. Together with that, that a person eats to live. Sometimes it becomes that we live to eat. That at every opportunity there must be something to eat. And morning till evening this is very bad for one's health also. So for the physical health also, this is important that a person watches what he eats. And he eats in moderation. The Na'mat Allah Ta'ala is blessed, he'll eat, he'll make shukar. Allah Ta'ala is blessed with comforts and luxuries, he'll use it, he'll make shukar. But everything in moderation. And there's many, many things in this regard. In any case, the last thing he mentioned to him, وَإِذَا كُنْتَ فِي الصَّلَاةِ فَحْفَظْ قَلْبَكَ When you're in salah, look after your heart. Now leave everything else behind. Your business, your pro- job, your profession, your home, your work, everything outside, leave everything outside. Now when you say Allahu Akbar, then attach your heart to Allah Ta'ala alone. And this khushu and khudu, develop this in the salah, this devotion to Allah Ta'ala, this heart being immersed in the salah thereafter. And when the salah comes in order, then everything else will also come in order. If a person's salah is in place, as-salatu imaduddin. Man aqamaha, faqad aqamaddin. Man hadamaha, faqad hadamaddin. That salah is a central pillar of deen, very important pillar of deen. The person who keeps this pillar upright, then the rest of deen will also stay in order. And if this pillar is now shaken, is collapsing somewhere, then the rest of deen to a greater extent. Hazrat Umar radiallahu ta'ala an, he wrote to all his governors, 
and the governors are in charge of all the affairs of the state and all the whatever the area they are ruling and governing and how much of work they have, how much of things they need to attend to and he wrote a letter to all the governors Inna ahamma umurikum indi as-salah all the work you have, all how busy you may be whatever you might be but listen the most important of all your issues to me is your salah your salah is in order then everything else will be in order otherwise everything else will go haywire also so salah has to be given the highest priority this is something that should never be compromised mashallah the month of ramadan we take care to make sure all our five times salah is performed this must continue after ramadan as well there must not be any slack in this our fajr, zuhr, asr, maghrib, isha every salah on time good jama'ah unless a person is ill there's some valid shari reason otherwise all our five times salah with jama'ah in the masjid so Dukhmah gave these four advices to his son he told him that out of four thousand I'm selecting these four but then he said to him I want to say something more somebody will say we thought the bayan is over now where does something more came from but Dukhmah is giving these gems of advice and this is something like a person said you know what I want to give you four million and after giving four million he said look I'm feeling like giving you another two so we'll say, well, you give another four, so it's all right. So this is worth more than millions. But he said two very short things, very simple things. Inshallah, this is finishing. He said to him, look, two things don't ever remember. And two don't ever forget. Two things don't ever remember. Don't ever remember your favors to people. Don't ever remember your favors to people. You've done a favor to somebody, you did it for Allah Ta'ala. Your reward is with Allah Ta'ala. When your reward is with Allah Ta'ala, why are you reminding him? Like a person, somebody appointed him to go and do a job for somebody and they paid him for it. So now he went and he fixed the person's car or he, whatever, something, he repaired his house or whatever, he delivered something for him. So now he keeps reminding him that, you remember I, I fixed your car. He said, well you fixed my car, you were paid for it, what are you telling me about it? So likewise, we did something for some, some favor for somebody and we did it for Allah Ta'ala. If we did it for Allah Ta'ala, why remind him? And why remember it ourselves? This is a sign of miserliness. That when a person does something for somebody or gives something to somebody, he remembers it. And a generous person, he gives it to and feels I did nothing. He does the favor also and he feels what I did. I didn't do anything. And he feels indebted that Allah Ta'ala made this opportunity for me, this person became the means of me doing something. So first thing he said was, the, of these two things that don't ever remember, one is don't ever remember your favors to people. And don't ever remember anybody's ill treatment to you. Don't remember anybody's ill treatment to you. This is the prescription of peace. You want to live a carefree life, a light heart. You don't want to have a burdened heart. Insan is insan. We are all human beings. We have emotions. We have feelings. Sometimes somebody said something. Somebody did something. We're going to feel hurt about it. We are human. Sharia has also recognized, has taken care of this, has considered this. Sometimes something happens between immediate people. Three days Sharia gave to overcome that. He's insan, he's got emotions, he got hurt, he got upset. But to carry that baggage along is only then self-torture. 
Sometimes somebody said something, that person is carrying on with his life merrily, he forgot what he said to. Now we carrying that weight in our hearts. Now there's all baggage. Now the person puts one bag on his head, then somebody else said something, another bag. The third person said something, now a third bag. Now who's getting crushed under the weight of these bags? And those who said what they said are carrying on with their lives, they forgot what they said also. So why keep that weight on our head? Do away with it. Forgive for the pleasure of Allah Ta'ala and take the reward of it. One is that there's something recoverable, some material aspect, whatever. A person is entitled to claim that in the correct manner, following the correct procedures, he'll claim it. There's a complete system of qada in Islam as well. Qazi, there's a judge. Whatever permissible means they are, whatever avenues they are to claim something, if you can't get it some other way, you're entitled to claim it. But within the levels of Sharia, in a dignified manner. But sometimes if somebody said something, somebody, they made a mistake. We make mistakes also. We sometimes say something and we regret it. That person too might have regretted. And if he didn't regret, what are we going to get out of keeping it? So don't remember your favors to people. Don't remember people's ill treatment to you. This is the prescription of having a very light life. When he's, after one day, two days, he gets over, he carries on with life. Now his light is light, his heart is light. He's not carrying this burden. He's not carrying this weight on his head. So he said, don't ever remember two things. And two, don't ever forget. Don't ever forget Allah. This is the month of Ramadan. This is the lesson of Ramadan. Always remember taqwa. The month of Ramadan is to teach us the lesson of taqwa. And taqwa is this consciousness of Allah Ta'ala. Allah Ta'ala is watching. Allah Ta'ala is aware. Allah Ta'ala knows يَعْلَمُ خَائِنَةَ الْأَعْيُنُ وَمَا تُخْفِ الصُّدُورُ Allah Ta'ala knows the deception of the eye, what the heart conceals. What is crossing through my heart and mind, Allah Ta'ala knows. So don't ever forget, don't ever forget Allah. Always remember Allah. A person who remembers Allah Ta'ala will stay in the obedience of Allah Ta'ala. Because now he's remembering Allah Ta'ala. And he said, don't ever forget death. Don't forget Allah, the person will remain obedient to Allah Ta'ala. And don't forget death. That death can come at any moment. Death is inevitable. Kullu nafsin da'iqatul maut. Every single person is going to have to meet death. So death is inevitable. But when it comes, that is totally unknown. Nobody knows. Ma tadri nafsun bi ardin tamut. Nobody knows where his life is going to go, when he's going to go. So when a person is forever conscious of death, then he'll keep himself away from places of sin. He'll keep himself away from situations of sin, of disobedience. He won't be driving around with music blaring in his car. Because that could be the last drive of his life. He doesn't want to meet Allah Ta'ala in the condition that music is going in his ears. When there should be the talqeen of the kalima. That there should be some muspa of the kalima or some name of Allah Ta'ala. So if he has to listen to something, he'll be listening to something of deen. He will not be in a place where if his death comes, he won't want to be there. Allah forbid, this is just merely for ibrat. We should never regard ourselves as better. And Allah, the matter of other people is with them and Allah Ta'ala. But Allah forbid, Allah forbid, one day one person who does this undertaking work, burial service and so on. So he was sitting in the masjid in one corner, very, very down, looking very grieved. So a friend of his came and asked him what happened, you're not looking right. First he said, no, don't worry. He said, no, something's not right, tell me what it is. 
She said, no, I'm really broken today. What happened? So I received a call. I had to go and fetch one of our Muslim brothers' body from inside the casino. Person passed away while gambling. Death comes in that moment also, Allah forbid. Person was picked up from the bed of zina. Now death is something if a person remembers, then he won't allow himself to get into such a place where he won't want his death to come. He won't want to pass away in that condition. So Luqman gave this crucial advice to his son. Don't ever forget Allah, don't ever forget death. So we can imagine how filled with depth these advices are. He started off by saying, look after your tongue. The second was look after your gaze. And then look after your stomach, eat in moderation. And the fourth thing was in salah, look after your heart. And the two things don't ever remember, don't ever remember your favors to people. And don't remember people's ill treatment to you. You'll remember it for one day, two days, get away. Let life carry on. And don't ever forget Allah, don't ever forget death. Allah tabarak wa ta'ala, give me also the tawfiq, and bless us all with the tawfiq to act on all these things. Allah ta'ala, bless us all, keep us with iman, take us with iman, and raise us on the day of qiyamah with iman. Wa akhiru da'wana anilhamdulillahi rabbil alameen. Allahumma laka alhamdu kulluhu wa laka shukru kulluhu. Allahumma la nuhsi sana'an alayk. Anta kama athnayta ala nafsik. جزا الله عنا نبينا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم بما هو أهله ربنا ظلمنا أنفسنا وإن لم تخفل لنا وترحمنا لنكونن من الخاسرين رب اغفر وارحم واعف وتكرم وتجاوز عما تعلم إنك أنت العز الأكرم ربنا لا تزغ قلوبنا بعد إذ هديتنا وهب لنا من لدنك رحمة إنك أنت الوهاب ربنا إنك جامع الناس اليوم لا ريب فيه إن الله لا يخلف المعاد اللهم ثبتنا على الإيمان وأمتنا على الإيمان واحشرنا يوم القيامة مع الإيمان يا مقلب القلوب ثبت قلوبنا على دينك يا مصرف القلوب صرف قلوبنا على طاعتك اللهم حبب إلينا الإيمان وزينه في قلوبنا وكره إلينا الكفر والفسوق والعسيان وجعلنا من الراشدين اللهم إنا نسلك العفو والعافية والمعافاة الدائمة في الدين والدنيا والآخرة والفوز بالجنة والنجاة من النار اللهم اهدنا واهددنا واجعلنا سببا لمن اهتدى اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اهد الناس جميعا اللهم اجعلنا هداة مهتدين غير ضالين ولا مضلين اللهم إنا نسألك من خير ما سألك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم ونعوذ بك من شر ما استعاذك منه نبيك وحبيبك سيدنا محمد صلى الله عليه وسلم أنت المستعان وعليك البلاغ ولا حول ولا قوة إلا بالله العلي العظيم وصلى الله تعالى على خير خلقه سيدنا محمد وآله وصحبه المعين والحمد لله